there is one stat right now that a lot of Packer fans and of course some Packers haters have fixated on when it comes to Jordan Love. That pesky completion percentage. Does it matter? Well, sort of. But how much? And can it get better? These are all questions we are going to get the answer to in some form or fashion in the next three months. But right now, I'm not worried about it. And I'm going to explain why. Plus, our pal Lily Zhao for Zhao You Doing, she weighs in and gives her take on the Jordan love of it all. That's coming on Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Lily Zhao on the show today, Fox 6 in Milwaukee. We are going to talk about Jordan Love, of course, the comeback, look ahead to the Detroit Lions. All that is up next. But first, we have to address... The acronym in the room. Completion percentage above expectation. No, you don't care about CPOE. Most people don't. I do. I value it. I think it's useful. But this is a silly conversation to be having right now with Jordan Love. And and here's why. The completion percentage is not where you want it to be. You'd like it to be above 60% at like a minimum. And the completion percentage above expectation. You'd like it to not be, you know, one of the five worst in the league among starting quarterbacks. Here's why I don't care. Let's just start there. Before we even dig into, and I went back and I watched every throw in the fourth quarter just just to get a feel. But before we even get to that, there has been this trend in baseball over the last few years. The new money ball is, yeah, getting on base is good and driving in runs is good. But you know what's the best? Scoring. Scoring. Home runs. RBIs. Turns out, doing the thing that gets you to win, scoring more points than your opponent, is good. And so if you're a 220 hitter in the modern Major League Baseball landscape, that can be fine if you can hit 40 home runs. If you can drive in 115 runs. This idea, this this notion that, oh, the only valuable hitters are the ones hitting 320. Those guys hardly even exist anymore because what everyone has found is if you just change the trajectory of your swing a touch, 
that you can hit a lot more home runs. And all these pitchers are throwing just absolute gas, 95, 98, 100. Everyone's got three relievers that throw 99 or more. And so what you need to do is make contact. And now they measure things like exit velocity and and you can tell, okay, is someone going to, are they just having bad luck? Are they hitting the ball hard? That is what everyone wants to know with these new hitters. Are they hitting it hard? Not are they getting on base. Not are they getting hits because there's plenty of luck involved in all of that stuff. We're going to get into the luck part of that in a second. Jordan Love has the deepest Average depth of target in the NFL. No one is throwing the ball down the field more often than he is. And according to at least one fantasy site, they all track this stuff now, Jordan Love is 10th in catchable pass percentage in passes past 10 yards. That's good. If you're throwing catchable balls past 10 yards and your average depth of target is past 10 yards, which his is, then that's good. But even if it's not, even if it's a 55-58% completion percentage, if he's hitting home runs, if he's if his throws are resulting in touchdowns and not interceptions, which is exactly what's happening currently, who cares? Who cares? One of the problems with a low completion percentage is... A lot of times what can happen is, especially when you're pushing the ball down the field, is you go, well, we're not going to push the ball down the field. We're trying to get some completions. Let's just get things moving. And a lot of what the Packers offense has been through these first three weeks is play action, shot play. It is, you know, shotgun, play action, quick play action, not hard play action, but quick play action into vertical actions, sale, post and overs. Mills, Portland, all the different dagger, Yankee, all the stuff that they want to get to is down the field. It is vertical. And Jordan Love in the fourth quarter just kept slinging it. That is what you need to do. You if you're not going to if you're not going to back off throwing it down the field. And by the way, I don't think you should. This is like keep trying to hit home runs. And if you are hitting them, continue to try and hit them. But then there is also the luck element of this. This is where you get into things like, you know, batting average on balls in play, the, all of the different babips and fips and flips and twips of baseball. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that because there's there's just I don't know, first of all too much of it, and it's not my area of expertise. But I went back and I watched every throw in the fourth quarter. I counted four drops, or at least plays where you have to have them. Jaden Reed. Drop two, just flat drops. No contest, just in his hands, drops. One on a gorgeous corner route. He cooks Elante Taylor. It is a perfect throw. Maybe Jordan Love's best throw of the day, drop. And then at the goal line, to set up the Jordan Love touchdown run is that little motion speed out, drops it, flat drops it. He had another one on the ridiculous slot fade throw Jaden Reed has the ball, comes down, can't, he's he's catching it, is down, gets contacted. I think the play should be over. Like in a situation like that, you watch the play and you go, it's over. He's made the catch. He's down by all rights in the end zone. These plays should be over. He survived the ground. He's he's on the ground. The play should be over. Alante Taylor kicks the ball out of his hands. Incomplete. 
And there's another play, Samori Toure, Jordan Loves buys time, steps up in the pocket, throws a laser 20 yards down the field. It hits Samori Toure, bounces off his chest. Is there a, a corner right next to him? Does he affect the play? Maybe, but the ball bounces off Torre's chest plate. It has to be caught. There were th- so that's four drops. There were three others that hit the receiver in the hands. One where Wicks runs the wrong route. Jaden Reed still able to get his hands on it. Romeo Dobbs on a perfect fade throw. Isaac Yadam just makes a great play. That's great. You have the Patrick Taylor miscommunication where he's supposed to be running a hitch, we think. He doesn't. He runs no route. Like, it, it, I, I'm pretty confident he's not supposed to be running a smoke there. Like, you don't run running back alert smokes on fourth and two in the red zone down three scores. You're just not doing that. That's two throws, really, where he, he missed Luke Musgrave in the middle of the field, open, and missed Romeo Dobbs, uh, sorry, miss Malik Heath down the field. No, that one hit that that one hit Malik Heath's hands. Miss Romeo Dobbs. Oh, hi, that was a bad throw. The Malik Heath throw was also a bad throw. But this context, it has to be incorporated. It has to matter. And so, keep throwing the ball down the field. Keep trying to hit home runs because the home runs are there. Last thing I want to say. This would all feel like excuse making. It's why I didn't even want to lead with the let's look at the context of the fourth quarter. This would all be excuse making if there wasn't so much other high level play. If the completions weren't high level quarterback plays. If you didn't see this, the arm talent of some of the throws that he's making, the down the field throws, the deep in breaking throws, the out to Dontavian Wicks on third and 10 in front of Marshawn Lattimore just snaps off the corner, and you have a throw to the sideline. A tick late, but it's a great throw and catch, and you have a first down in a big spot. If if we didn't have, if we didn't see all this other stuff from Jordan Love, you wouldn't, I wouldn't personally, be talking about the, the context. Oh, the context, the context. No, it'd just be bad. If he also looked like Justin Fields the rest of the time, like, that's why the excuse making on Justin Fields is so silly to me because where's the good stuff in the passing game that you want to point to and say, this is why I want to make excuses about the scheme and the receivers and the offensive line? Where's that stuff? Because it's on Jordan Love's tape already. Like, he already has more of it in three games this year than in Justin Fields' entire NFL career. If that didn't exist, I might feel differently about, about some of these other arguments. But in terms of context, but I still believe, irrespective of what I believe about some of the important context to some of these numbers, is the first point about Jordan Love right now being a power hitter. Yeah, he's batting 220. But he's among league leaders in RBI and home runs. That's where he is right now because he's third in EPA per play, second in total touchdowns. They are scoring in the red area in part because he is a playmaker. And... They are continuing to push the ball down the field. He's hitting enough of them. It's a lot like the three-point argument. Yeah, these are harder throws. They're harder shots. But if you're throwing the ball 20 yards down the field and you only hit on 40% of them, 
versus throwing five yards down the field and you're hitting on 60% of them or 70% of them, well, which throw is more valuable? I, I think that that we're seeing right now from the Packers, this offense, which is, you know, top 10, top five, depending on what metric you look at. They're they're finding the balance right now. I think, yes, if you just took three three downfield throws that he didn't have and checked it down, he'd probably have a better completion percentage. If you took three plays a game where a rookie runs a wrong route or there's a, there's a miscommunication or something like that, or you have a good throw and then a penalty, now it's second and 20 and you have to play this other stupid way because you're self-inflicting wounds. JT O'Sullivan said it really well. If Jordan Love can just iron out the deep ball, which ironically is the one part of his game that he struggled with this year, the, the high-level quarterbacking play is there. And if it wasn't, we, we probably wouldn't be talking about this other stuff. We're going to talk to Lily Zhao in just a second. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So let's see who Vinny picked out this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. 49ers second-year quarterback Brock Purdy has picked up where he left off as a star rookie passer down the stretch last season with his sharp play in Kyle Shanahan's diverse, loaded passing game this season. Purdy is playing off Christian McCaffrey's running and delivering nicely through the red zone with his arms and his legs. In week four, Purdy gets a favorable matchup at home against Arizona's defense. He should manage multiple scores with 250-plus passing yards as San Francisco builds an early lead in another blowout win. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply as do exclusions. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, our crossover Thursday. We go live Thursday night after the game. That'll be in your Friday podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. Joining me now after a win on Sunday, a dramatic win, a thrilling win, one might say. And on a short week this week, no rest for the weary. We got to get some practice in this week. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 joins me now. Lily, how are you doing? Peter, I am doing well. I think we're all kind of coming down still from the high of that Sunday win for Green Bay. At least I still am. I, I kind of, uh, it, it's going to be a fun week. We're busy here in Milwaukee for other sports purposes, but let's keep it focused on the Packers. I'm excited. I'm doing well. Is how you doing? I'm good. I've been mainlining espresso pretty much ever since Sunday. So, um, I, I, uh, I, I'm always kind of riding that wave. Um, do you, do you care if you freshly grind your beans before you make your coffee? 
listen, I would love to be at that level of life where that's an option for me. <laughs> so if you are at that level, you are succeeding in my opinion. Uh, I would love to get there, but I, I'm still good being like a Starbucks Dunkin' girl. So I, I thought I would care about grinding my own beans when my parents were like, it's so much better. They have this fancy coffee machine and I have like, I don't know, a, a B, a B minus B, B coffee machine. I, I tried grinding my own versus the pre-ground. I can't tell the difference. I can't, I can't tell the difference. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Coffee's coffee. I love coffee. So I'm just going to drink it. So I can't, it just doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about something important. Let's talk about Jordan Love's completion percentage. Do you care? If it helps the team win, I, I guess if you're big into stats, sure. But if you look at the whole body of work, which I know a lot of people are into stats, if you look at the whole body of work, I'm like, in my opinion, yeah, of course the completion percentage is going to be important. But what he did on the field, I think outweighs any sort of completion, whatever. Um, that being said, I know that first three quarters were a little rough, kind of tanked it a little bit. But fourth quarter brought it back up. So it, it, for me, the whole body of work more important, but I understand the people who are – big into the stats so i i'm big into the stats yes that's and, Here's the big and stat. you know this and i i just did the whole open about how i kind of don't care and one of the reasons why i don't care is i feel like right now he's playing the way that baseball has been started to play but they're like average you don't really care about average score that's what matters I don't know if that's if that's a thing that can work in football but that's what it seems like he's a power hitter right now he's hitting 210 but he's going to hit 40 bombs. And so if that's the case, like, I don't know. I kind of don't care. It's same way. I mean, you can, it's same thing with evaluating defensive players. It's like, right. You might have three sacks, but he might have, he might affect the quarterback in many other ways. Right. Take it that way too. I, I agree. It's, it's whether or not you want to look at the numbers and, and base his performance off that and say, he's solely a ABCD quarterback because of that number. Fine. But like you mentioned, it's, it's the whole body of work, what he's able to do on the field, the leadership, the poise, et cetera, et cetera. The intangibles, we love that more. The intangibles, such a great point. You listen to these guys talk about Jordan after the game. I mean, Malafleur practically in tears after the game. I mean, it was remarkable that he was so emotional. I was, I was actually explaining to someone. I was like, you know, the first couple of years, these were his peers, and now it feels like there's a little bit more like teacher-student kind of relationship here. I don't think it's quite father-son. Like he's not that old, but I think it's it's more like a teacher and a student or even like a TA and a student, like a professor, older kids is, is kind of what I'm getting to. Cause these are 23, 24 year olds. Um, and they're talking about Jordan in, in a way that I feel like you only talk about someone that you have this belief in. So I'm sure if you gave like Romeo Dobbs or Devondre Campbell or, or Aaron Jones, his completion percentage, they would be like, get this out of here. We'd love this guy. And that to me, that seems more important. I, I agree. And and just, again, listening, like you mentioned, Matt LaFleur was super emotional. The guys at the game were saying, we've, we've believed in Jordan Love this entire time. It just maybe there was outside noise that kind of took away from the belief. But the guys in the locker room, the coaching staff, we all knew what we had in a player like him, and he proved it. And I think just uh, Jordan's just – his even his post-game uh, media availability, it was – he was so even-keeled. You wouldn't even think that they had just come back from 17 points down. Like, you, and someone even asked him, like, are you – are you, he's like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're just celebrating the locker room, but it's important for me to be even keeled. That's just who I am. That's his personality. You have to love it, but that's just the way he leads and, and guys certainly respond to it. That, that is one of those things too, where you're just sort of like, are you, are you, I hope you're enjoying this. Like, please, yes. 
please be enjoying this. But that that's just how these guys are wired. And, and you hope that that can make him successful. Was there a point? I will speak for myself. And, and if it, there was a point for you, maybe it'll make it easier for you to admit this. I stopped taking notes in the third quarter of, of the game. I was just sort of like, I know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, and so I just kind of stopped taking notes and I'll just, I'll let the game play out. Was there a point on Sunday where you were just like, this is just what the game is going to be and that's okay. And we'll move forward and figure it out and, and talk about it. You know what? I, I will say my gut has not done me wrong. I, I, I had a gut feeling they were going to win week one. I had a gut feeling they were going to lose in week two. I had a gut feeling that they were going to win in, in week three, but I was thinking, okay, fourth quarter, we're down 17 points. What's this team going to do? But there still wasn't anything in me that was saying, you know, oh, they're going to lose this game. I, I just feel like it was a, it was a manageable deficit because had the Saints put up 24, yeah, that might not have been a winnable game. That being said, because, you know, unfortunately Derek Carr gets injured, Jameis Winston comes in and you're thinking maybe he'll gift the Packers defense a football here or there, which did not happen. But I think just with that field goal, when they weren't shut out, I was thinking, okay, you're still just down two touchdowns. I shouldn't say that that's easy. But in my head, I'm thinking, okay, maybe the comeback starts here. And then we see that 80-yard drive from Jordan Love. They make the two-point conversion. And then I'm like, okay, I'm a believer. They're going to do this. Um, so I wasn't really down and out yet. Um, but again, I just felt like the game was winnable for this team. There wasn't penalties. There weren't miscues. I mean, they would have probably been in the lead or at least tied at half. So in my head, I'm like, this is a winnable game if you don't shoot yourself in the foot. That's what they did for three quarters. But that final quarter is the, is the fun part that we saw. Yeah, these were these last two weeks for Green Bay kind of been mirror images of one another, right? Three quarters of really good play against Atlanta and one pretty terrible quarter. And then you flip it. Um, this Packers offense, it seems like this is just what we're going to get. We're going to get these, these peaks and valleys, and they're going to just have to hope that they're peaking at the right points of the game. But they, they've shown like no lead is safe against them. Like, I, okay, they, they're going to play the Chargers and the Chiefs and some of these really, really good teams. Like, yeah, okay, the, the Chargers and Chiefs could score 30. And if you can't score 30, like you're going to lose. But this, I think this was a really important moment. Am I am I overselling uh, the game three of, of this season? I don't think so. I, I think this was a big like coming of age game for Jordan. Granted, it was literally his first career start at Lambeau Field <laughs> in week three. That but, makes it all the cooler to me. Right? I mean, it cut, the story writes itself for him, but I, I don't think you're overreacting at all. I mean, again, this was, again, this team doesn't know any better. So they're coming into it kind of just with mm. our slate this year. And they're thinking, okay, even though we're down 17 points, we can still make a comeback. It's not like the, the world is over. Yeah, they're down more than 20. That might have been a tougher task. But this young team doesn't know any better. And, and they were, yeah, they were shooting themselves in the foot. But then we saw, you know, in that fourth quarter when they were not committing penalties, what they were able to do. So I think that, that probably just registered for guys saying, let's not make mistakes and let's go win a football game. And that's what's so encouraging because – Again, it was the same trend that we saw in the preseason. They had a bad drive. They come back and respond. And I think we've seen that kind of here and there uh, with this young team in, in three weeks. There was a time they weren't committing penalties. I can't remember a time when they weren't committing <laughs> penalties. All right, we're going to get back to Lily Zhao talking Packers in just a second here on Locked On Packers. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians and you can get ongoing care from that physician on any treatment-related question. Doctor-created, 
doctor recommended. Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultations. This is a great opportunity to take control. I was in Europe last summer and I had a family member have an issue where they had to go and deal with the pharmacy and a language barrier. And this could have all been avoided if we had the Jace case. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day, everydayers. Go check out what we're doing at The Leap, theleap.football, and what we're doing on subtext. Locked On Packers is how you can find us there straight to your phone, straight to my phone. Let's talk, let's connect, let's talk on subtext. I want to talk about the defense. We talked a little bit about this with, with uh, Ben Fennel yesterday, Joe Barry's defense. I think much maligned in the first half. And then you look up at the end, and I, I joked with Ben yesterday that this felt very 2021-Z to me, and that the whole game you're going, oh, this defense, Joe Barry, come on. And then you look at the stats at the end of the game, 252 total, 252 total yards, 4 of 14 on third down. That's a pretty good defensive performance. Like, I, I, I don't know why our brains are doing this to us, but I certainly was victim to it. I'm just going like, God, they can't keep doing this. And it was only 17 points and only like – why are we, why are we like this? <laughs> I think you're just conditioned, right? You don't know any better until you get a taste of, oh, it could be better. And let me go towards that feeling. But when you're looking at just the 17 points, right? I mean, they literally gave up one touchdown, which yeah. in my opinion was impressive because yeah. again, you have a quarterback and you have a receiver who, you know, they're, they're passing game. You can say it's good, bad, whatever, but they were certainly, you know, hurting the Packers. But I, I think their pressure up front has been, much improved. I know we talked about it last week, but the pressure up front, I think, is key. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Jair, and then you have Carrington Valentine go down as well. So they're kind of working yeah. with those reserve guys in, in the secondary. But I thought they did a phenomenal job. Jameis Winston and company, they were shut out in the second half. Uh, there's not more, much more you can ask for. Uh, granted, this is not a high potent offense. But that being said, you only play who you play. So I was pleasantly surprised by their performance, and they certainly kept the team in it because maybe you think if that's a closer field goal, metal might've lost the game, but. Yeah. They still needed a missed 48 yard field goal or 46 yard, whatever it was yeah. uh, to, to get, to get the win because the defense did let them at least matriculate part of the way down the field. So that's part of it too. Um, as we look ahead here to Detroit, the last time we saw these two teams play, Lambeau Field under the bright lights, a pretty meaningful game in that one. The Packers win and they're in, but a lot has changed about both of these teams since then. Let's let's set the quarterback difference aside. To you, what is the biggest difference between the team we saw at the end of 2022 and the teams that we're going to see now here in 2023? Yeah, that was that was a tough game, right? You're, you're thinking, okay, this is this is an Aaron Rodgers legacy game. They're going to lead him to the playoffs, and yep. then we'll be good to go from there. And instead, they lay a dud at home. And honestly, I mean, when you're looking at ended up being an Aaron Rodgers game in a different kind of way, I think in a different kind of way, right? Ends ends his career with an interception thrown, and the rest is history. Um, but again, when you're looking at those two Lions games from last year, they were winnable. They were winnable for this Green Bay team, but they were committing penalties, dumb mistakes. And they lost both games. So Detroit certainly has Green Bay's number. Matt LaFleur has talked about it. But 
when you're looking at the matchup on Thursday, depending on if the locker room talk holds true, if Christian Watson and Aaron Jones do play, that adds another added element. But I think this team is more prepared. Again, it's it's a, still a fresher team, so it's not like Dan Campbell has that much more information on Jordan Love and this offense, but it's still Dan Campbell. I'm not going to rule out another trick play here and there from, from them. They're still a very gritty, gutsy team that, you know, I don't think it – the, the score, the win's going to be determined until literally the clock hits zero because this team can certainly come back. They've dealt with a rash of injuries, same with Green Bay, but I think it's going to be a nice, fresh matchup on Thursday night. You know, it's it's Jordan Love versus versus Jared Goff. Um, still very talented athletes on the field, but can they stop Amon Rob uh, St. Brown? Can they contain him? Yep. Can they pressure Jared Goff and make him, gift him a couple footballs? I think that's going to be the key. Pressure Jared Goff, get to him. And then from there, the offense can kind of unfold. That is everything. I love that point. I think the pressure, the pressure point, and you were on it last week. That is that is going to be everything for this defense. And and we talked about it. I mentioned our conversation with Ben. It was like the scheme is not that different. They're, they their players are just playing better, and everything is different when you your your guys play. If your guys play well, your best players, especially, you're going to have some success regardless of what scheme you put out there. So, I'm I'm really excited to see this young team in a big game, like a big spot, a primetime spot. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And I keep saying that. And I, I feel like it's true. Like this, this, this team does though. Uh, Jaden Reed had that line after the Falcons game. Let this build us, not break us. I know this is a young team, but it does seem like they have some wisdom about them. Like Jordan love is a young player still finding his way in the league. He's, he is like, a sage already. Aaron Jones, I know he's an older player on this team, but on most teams, he'd still be a pretty young guy. And he has that, that way about him. This is kind of like, I know they're young players. It's kind of an old soul team. It is. And and, and I understand it's kind of the Packer way, right? Like you're, you're, yeah. you're learning under Aaron Rodgers. You build that kind of camaraderie with your crew. And it's just, it's, it's a no nonsense, no drama type of team outside the last couple of years. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, again, it's like, you know, they, they know what they know. And then they're learning from Jordan love who's so even keeled. And he has, again, that old sage wisdom, like you mentioned, and that's who they're kind of garnering that leadership from, you know, if his leadership style was any different, not saying that that would be bad at all, but if his leadership style was different, maybe it might be just this young group. That's just, Hey, we're going to go out there and play every week. But like you mentioned, it's like an old soul kind of team, but with guys who are 20 something years old. Um, and it's fun. And, and you're right. It's going to be, this team's going to be in a big primetime spot on Thursday night, only one game on Thursday. I don't talking about Monday night doubleheaders, but oh my God, what are they doing? Uh, I'm like, I want to watch one at a time. Anyway, Can I just watch. Yeah. If you're going to have two games, that's fine. Like do it the old way where you'd have a late game. That's uh, right. Let's not, let's not do that. Anyways, um, yeah. that's an ESPN problem. I, I want to ask you this question without trying to lead the witness. Does the 2022 Packers win the game that the 2023 Packers just won? Ooh, that's a great question. I asked this question on Twitter. I'll give you the answer if you did not see the answer. But after you answer, I'll give you Twitter's answer. Sure. I would say maybe not. While I believe that the talent level, of course, was still phenomenal. You had you know, Aaron, Randall, Allen, Mercedes, etc. There was a question posed after the game where... In years past, if there was a miscommunication on a big fourth down, said player might have gotten 
kind of angry or, or the body language would not have been there. Yeah. It was a I was kind of shocked at who asked that question, by the way, but that's a that's story yes. for another day. Yes. But now that, you know, fourth quarter, fourth and two miscommunication, Jordan Love is like, all right, we'll just move on. And they kept playing winning football. I don't think these guys are literally the next play mentality. That's just what embodies his team. It's not going to let that play get them down and then have it spiral into, oh, we just, the body language is defeated on the sidelines. That, that's not this team. They're young. They want to win. They're going to say, okay, we messed up that play. Let's go do it better the next time. So while the last year's team was more veteran, they were still very talented. They might've gotten in their heads about that and said, oh, let's kick ourselves more and not win this game. But I think this year's team is different in that regard. It is also, and and to your, to the point that you just made, the question that was asked about the, the response a quarterback has, I've seen a lot of discourse and I have tried to mostly stay out of it, honestly, about wrong routes, drops. This Packers team does not have the luxury of saying, rookies, if you do not do the right things, we've got someone else to put in there. This team is not constructed that way. So Jaden Reed, you drop that corner out, doesn't matter. I got to come back to you for this seam ball because I don't have anyone else to throw the ball to. All I have is young guys. And Jaden Reed had three passes. He should have had. By all rights, there was the one at the goal line. There's the one on the slot fade that he could not complete the catch with. I still think that should have been a touchdown, but that's a different thing. And the absolutely beautiful throw on the corner that he just flat drops. But Jordan Love, on the drive of the season, comes back to him. They hit a big play. He makes a dive and catch. Romeo Dobbs, on the drive before, fade ball, doesn't come down with it, has the opportunity. What does Jordan Love do? Next drive comes down and throws it to him twice, two in a row. And he makes the game winner on the second one. It just, it seems hard for me to believe that that would have happened last year with the same quarterback. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers would have, he would just not have wanted to be on this team. I think that's the reality. And there's a reason that he's not. And there's a reason this roster is constructed this way. Again, I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm, it's just different. You're right. And, and to your point, it's just but the body guys. People know if I'm going to criticize Aaron Rodgers. I will just criticize Aaron Rodgers, right? Like this is, I'm not, I'm not trying to tiptoe around anything. Not shot. Yeah. I, again, to your point, it's so true. It's, it's, they have who they have. You're going to learn, you're going to grow with those guys. And what better than to come back to them and have them make a catch and say, Hey, I did that well. Let's build on it versus maybe it was last year. Let's go away from that guy for a couple plays and let's go back to him. And maybe he's still in his head about it. So the way they attack it because they have to attack it that way, I think is going to be very beneficial. Because you learn and grow. That's that's just how the game goes. Okay, last thing here. We you you mentioned the locker room talk, a different kind of locker room talk than had been made famous previously. Um, about Aaron Jones and potentially Christian Watson, um, them them being back. If you could just pick one of these guys, I, I think we've sort of done version of this question before. Who in this game do you think would be most important to get back? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like Aaron Jones. I yeah. think that Jordan Love I think is that's my answer too. Yeah, he's made strides with Jaden Reed, with Dontavian Wicks, with Romeo Dobbs. And of course, Christian Watson presents him with that deep threat that, that, that they've been sorely missing on maybe completed balls. But Aaron Jones and the dimension he adds to the passing game, but more specifically the run game to keep yeah. Lions defense honest, I think is going to be the guy that you would want, want back more so, quote unquote, than Christian Watson. But hey, if you get both back, even better. That's yeah, the plan. And that's, that's the plan, it seems. Yeah, and and look, uh, David Bakhtiari, it'd be nice to get him back too. We're still not quite sure exactly what's going on with him physically. Um, you know, the the recovery, the setbacks, all of those things, uh, it's a tough deal and, and you hate it for someone that you know, you know, if he's playing out there on one leg and still doing it, like he's got to love it. And so it just, it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing with him. Lily, 
Can't wait for Thursday night. We will be back here. Uh, it seems like very shortly, but it's the same amount of time until next week. We appreciate the insight and we'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Thanks, Peter. All right. Thanks to Lily Zhao for joining the show. Great to chat with her always. Matt Derry on the program tomorrow. Locked on Packers, Locked on Lions, a crossover Thursday. And then we'll go live on our YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on our YouTube page after a game, go subscribe and you can stay Locked on Packers.